Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Percussion Pedagogy Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Dobbs, and welcome to our first episode. I'm so excited that you decided to tune in, and I hope you have a great time. Our first series is all about teaching during the COVID-19 pandemic, something that all of us have been working through since March. However, the goal of this series and this specific topic in general is not to focus solely on the negative. I want us to help each other, whether that's by helping you find comfort in knowing that you aren't alone during this time and helping you deal with the nervousness of going back to school, or by helping you find fun and creative ways to continue to educate and inspire your students when they return. I want this to be a place where we can sit down and just talk about our experiences and hopefully bring some encouragement and maybe even excitement into your plans for the coming school year. I've tried to make the interview lineup as diverse as possible with the hopes of shedding light on situations that are similar to yours. We have first-year directors, university professors, directors with decades of experience, specialists, and many more. As I mentioned before, the podcast interviews are edited so that we get to the heart of the subject matter right away. However, I want you to get to know these interviewees and all the wonderful things that they're doing. So, for more information about who these people are, please head over to our website, hosted at TommyDobbsPercussion.com, for an unedited video of this interview, as well as other information about these inspiring people. Also, please make sure to check out our Instagram at The Percussion Pedagogy Podcast for pictures, updates, and more. Our first guest is Omar Carmenates the Associate Professor of Percussion at Furman University, and a good friend of mine. Omar is a master teacher, accomplished composer and arranger, a world-class musician, and most importantly, a wonderful human being and someone we're lucky to have in our field. To list all of his accomplishments would take a lifetime, and I'm sure he wouldn't like that very much. However, if you want to know more about the awesome things he's up to with his studio at Furman, or if you want to reach out to say hello, please check out our website for links and ways to connect. Okay, it's time for me to be quiet and let the professional do the talking. So, you know, I grew up through the performance tracks, you know, get an ed degree. I realized I didn't want to be a band director. I loved it. I love teaching, mm-hmm. uh, but I still felt like I had to, something to say playing-wise in, in my undergrad. So I just was like all in on playing because I thought that's what you did. You know, I got two more performance degrees, went to the college track, um, got a college gig. And I was like, yeah, we made my career. And then I sit here in, in year 12, realizing that um, I'm learning from my students from their fields, <laughs> you know, sure. how, um, how to bring in stuff from, you know, the sustainability majors or the English majors or what have you, um, how to bring that, those topics and those, that knowledge set into the percussion curriculum. So that's been a real um, big change for me over the 12, year, 12 years I've been here is just not being so hyper-focused on getting my students to the best grad schools 
only, you know, yeah. or getting them in or getting to take place into the top, whatever programs, you know, teaching. Um, I have such a wide range of students and I have all 12 years that, um, you know, I've learned to see success defined in a lot of different ways wow. that way here. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's good for me to hear too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have to hear it sometimes it's been, you know, and I still get that way when I have my juniors soon to be seniors, you know, I start going into like, you got to get into grad school mode. Yeah. You got to get a TA cause you know, the better you do, the better the program looks, you know, I get in that mode too. Um, but every year towards the end of the year, I started looking back and was like, you know what, this, this psychology major came a really long way mm. or this. And, and, you know, that person uh, may, you know, I have a student now who's a psychology major who um, may is thinking about heading off to graduate studies to blend music and psychology together, wow. you know, just because, um, just because she wants to, yeah, you know, that would be interesting and right. And those are the things that get lost in the, sometimes how competitive we get with just how we're bred <laughs> sometimes um, that, you know, like I said, success for a student is defined in a lot of different ways. Um, and so, you know, part of what I've tried, what part of what I've pivoted to over these last 12 years is getting away from that mindset of always trying to place students in the top programs um, mm -hmm. and more doing what's best for the student for the next step, you know, yeah. Um, and going back to your thing about what we've been doing during the coronavirus, you know, the quarantine and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, that sort of played into that a little bit. You know, we I, I went with basically a really individualized way of doing things, um, okay. which is hard work for me to keep up with everybody. I was going to say but, such uh, a diverse group. Like. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, there's a lot of trust placed in the students that listen. I can't keep up with 17 different curriculums. <laughs> so, you know, for two months or however long we were in quarantine, uh, I'm just going to trust that you are keeping up. So that was, that was an extension. How we handled the quarantine was sort of an extension of how we, I've learned to approach the program here at Furman. So like what, uh, what sort of projects, like what was a normal day like for you? You know, we, the, the studio had just gone through a really turbulent couple months, maybe a year. Um, we had a big video audio recording session the previous May which turned into a performance at PASIC in November. Yeah. Um, so there was a part of me that was like, okay, what can we do curricularly that will advance the students and that will keep them moving along and, and, and take advantage of what online learning is good at and throwing away and not trying to, you know, throwing away what it's bad at and not trying to do, not, not trying to put a square peg in a round hole, you yeah, know, pedagogically good. speaking. No, that's yeah. Good. yeah. While still trying to cater to all the different, interest of my students <laughs> you know yes so what i decided on was like basically the, the the common experiences for everybody was everybody took uh norm weinberg's percussion history percussion literature and history course so everyone got everyone downloaded that and we took half the course but they picked which units oh cool. so there's six units and i said pick three because we were at the midterm you know right. when this all happened it's like i oh, pick three um there are quizzes built into that so i just just take the quizzes and um you know well, I'll read them over and make sure you did it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that, will, that will at least help because we don't have a percussion literature class necessarily, like one that's full term that everybody takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have something like that at Furman. So this was a good chance for them to go and go deep into that versus me trying to cover a topic in studio class or something. So you incorporated um, something new, like something new. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Just jumped in. Just, you know, if Why we not? had to adjust, we adjusted as we went, but it <laughs> just jumped in. That's excellent. Um, so there's that, and then there's basically this whole 
smorgasbord of options for them to pick from. Uh, they could write an A2 that works on something they needed to work on, so compose one themselves. I have students from all different backgrounds and you know home situations, uh, so some would be able to practice, but some had to babysit young siblings. Some had you know really terrible internet, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know Wi-Fi connections. So uh, we decided to go all all asynchronous with the rest of it. You can write an etude or uh, a found object composition, cool. you know, using whatever you got around the house. Yeah. Um, you can write, you can do something with the backing track and logic if you're good at it, you know, which a lot of my students are a lot better at it than I thought after this. That's <laughs> one big thing I learned yeah, <laughs> was, cool. you know, like, oh, all of y'all that tell me you can't record your pre-screens or can't, you know, now I know you can. <laughs> That's right. There you um, go. <laughs> like some people could just play if you wanted to just send me, send me Pratt etudes or Tompkins etudes. Cool. Um, so some did that. We did a couple of live lessons that didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. So we ended up using the Marco Polo app. Oh um, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was good. It's good. Um, it makes like down the downloading the video is not so great, you know, okay. f- just watching it fine. Um, and then sending, you know, I would record a message back. So it was like a really slow private lesson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like over days, um, you know, they would send me a video. I would record my comments. They'd go back and, you know, try it again. It. Yeah. So um, had some students do that. Um, I checked out a couple seats for Will James's The Repertoire. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, the students that wanted to do that just got to study some excerpts of their choice. And they just had to um, come up with a deliverable for me, uh, whatever it was that they can come up with. So a lot of them actually like developed exercises for, every, for certain select numbers of excerpts wow. that helped work on a certain skill set in, in those excerpts. And this is me maybe getting a little controversial, but the mm-hmm. academic, the, the, the normal academic year can get really stifling from a creative standpoint for the students if we're not careful as teachers, mm-hmm. you know, because we're just moving on from concert to concert, lesson to lesson, piece to piece, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, um, that we forget that sometimes as musicians, we have this desire to be creative. And so that, all these assignments were developed with like, okay, whatever you're good at, whether it's being a scholar or a performer or a composer, Use that time and create on your own terms and in your own way uh, through these select options, you know? Yeah. And I was blown away. I mean, I told them, I said, look, I'm here for you whenever you need it, contact me, which a lot of students did. Hmm. Um, but I said, just send me something at the end. So when I got them all at the end, I was blown away, like goosebumps blown away by what yeah. these students were able to do um, just by saying, hey, go be creative. Yeah. So do you think... Um... <laughs> because of that and because you gave them so much freedom, like that's why it came together like that. They were just excited or like, what do you think? Uh, I, th- I'd like to think it was a combination of a lot of things. Number one, just how hard we had worked in the previous nine months yeah. through a recording session and a basic performance. Exactly. Like this was a complete 180, uh, musically speaking. And number two, I think the students were hungry to do something, you know, music musically because the schoolwork in their other classes uh, you know, the academic rigor here at Furman did not drop <laughs> during the quarantine. Like I, you know, talking to my students, they were working really hard. And so they were eager to play something. Uh, and, you know, with such a vast range of who had what, how can we be creative as a group, you know? Um, and I don't know. I think that opened a lot of doors for the students. I think it was just a welcome change of pace, Yeah. you know? And, and it was nice because it forced me, um, you know, after 12 years, you can, you kind of risk getting into a pattern 
of you played Peter's one. Now you play Peter's two, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or whatever, whatever it is, you kind of get put into this rut of this curriculum. You, we all develop, you know, for our programs. Um, I, you know, I'd like to think I evaluate it every year and I do, I I change things up every year as, as I'm sure we all do. But this quarantine like really forced me to relook at what's in my curriculum. That's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, And so I, you know, I hope to learn some lessons whenever we get back to normal and incorporate some of these things. But uh, it was a, it was a very welcome change of pace. And I was creative too. Like I made some videos too. um, And did some other things and shared it with the students just to let them know I wasn't sitting on my butt either. Yeah. for sure. Um, So we were all in it together. That's, I like I like that. It's like the family came together. We figured things out. Everyone learned, and we're moving yeah. forward. And mm-hmm. so, as far as moving forward is concerned, you might have hit on it a little bit. Uh, what are your plans for the fall? Like uh, when we start, if we start, um, mm-hmm. and the inevitable when we go back online. You know. Yeah. Uh, like what's <laughs> uh, not to be yeah, dark. So, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it's different every day here on June nineteenth, right? Uh, um, yeah. But. Furman announced just about 10 days ago that uh, we'll, we're going to have in-person classes. Uh, we're going to start a week earlier, so August 18th, I think. Okay. Um, go straight. And a lot of universities are doing this. We're going to go straight through to Thanksgiving. No okay. spring break. No, uh, sorry, no fall break. No Labor Day. Um, that gets us the days back. And uh, we're going to stop after Thanksgiving. And then finals will be issued remotely okay. after that. So... Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna be back, in theory. Uh, Greenville is spiking a bit right now in terms of mm-hmm. coronavirus cases per day. Um, really? Yeah, but the intent is to be back, and I know like I'm the I'm currently for the department on the head of the task force for figuring out distancing protocols for lessons. Oh, okay. You know, for every instrument, but selfishly, you know, for percussion, um, trying to figure out what kind of distancing protocols are going to be in place because even if we are back we're going to have some sort of accommodations to make for students that are in the room with us and students that are quarantined, maybe mandatory, maybe mandatory, you know, yeah. students not feeling good that day. They may have to stay out two weeks. Uh, yeah. um, you know, there's all these curricular things. Yeah. We have to figure out, you know, right now, and this is just my thought the past week, I think we just might not have concerts, might not have a percussion ensemble concert um, and just focus on, you know, in-house recording, multi-tracking uh you know just get rid of the audience because that that's a lot of the uh like not liability but it's a lot of the 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 variability in terms of chances of infection absolutely you know spreading um so you know we'll record we'll 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 work on a piece for three weeks like hardcore record it and work on another piece for another three weeks or whatever record it you know and if i have to we'll we'll put a a click track on and record one person at a time yeah you know um, yeah. yeah, teach them that side of it. They have to do the editing because um, I know they can do it now based on their yeah, projects yeah. <laughs> last, this, this past semester. You know, the percussion ensemble concerts are sort of a fundraiser for us, but we'll survive. Hmm. Um, the live concerts is what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and, but we'll just record, we'll commission a bunch, record a bunch. And by the end of it, hopefully we'll have like, in my, in my best hopes, you know, four or five years of like promotional material and things yes. like that. Um, you know, little sound bites and clips and trailers and sizzle reels and whatever else you want to call them. Yeah. Um, and then have maybe a, 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 an album to put out, you know, and maybe have, um, maybe we can curate some of the pieces together into a concert that we stream for our yeah. parents, you know. 
Um, I just don't think, I, just, I, I really think we have to think outside the box, all of us collectively with how we go about our year. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, you know during this time. Um, and then take the good parts of that and hopefully keep it, you know, keep it. And, and obviously what's not good is the distance and the, the mask wearing and all this stuff. Let's get rid of that um, when the time is right. But there are some really creative things I think we can do that might open up the music curriculum in a lot of ways that have been sorely needed for 50 years. Yes. <laughs> you know, and just take the time and say, you know what, heck with it. Let's just do it. Hmm. You know, cause everyone's got a free pass next year, you know, <laughs> in terms yeah, of faculty, true. in terms of like tenure clock and whatever else and promotion clock, like this past semester and hopefully next year, we've all got some time. So why not use that time to be creative and experiment and do um, some things that no matter the situation, the students will grow the most rather than trying to just do it the old way in this new fashion with distancing and whatnot. Yeah. It's a chance to mm -hmm. really expand. Um, I think so. I hope. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Just trying to figure out how to do it right now, you know, and get the gear, you know, I've got enough mics for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, now, you know, if I want to record a quartet, I don't have enough, you know, AKG 414s to do that. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, um, I'd love to. <laughs> sure. So, you know, the next two months I'll be figuring out, okay, how can we do that and, and take care of that? And teach the students something maybe that the normal music curriculum wouldn't teach them. Yes. Yeah. You know. um, make them more marketable. That's, that's excellent. Well, especially um, thinking outside the box and doing things a little differently. You're obviously doing that um, as a teacher, but as a person, you've done something that I know about, um, but maybe you could share a little bit about your uh, upcoming seminar um, yeah. that you're doing. Could you talk a little bit about that and like the focus and all of that? Yeah, that's actually... Um this seminar is actually like an extension of what I learned last spring during the quarantine, oh, you know? Okay. So uh, the seminar that starts in two weeks starts up on July 6th and runs for four weeks uh, is the composing for percussion seminar. It's an online only seminar. Um, but our difference I think is that we built this from the ground up to be online. Mm. So uh, it's built to be affordable because of the times and it's built to be accessible to a normal daily schedule. So we're talking at a, you know, a, a normal participation rate will be like four classes a week. That's why it's so long. That's why it's four weeks is uh, we just took the normal summer intensive schedule and just stretched those hours out. Um, it'll always be at five o'clock so you can work a job and every seminar will be recorded. So if you miss one that night, you can stream it. Uh, and then when the seminar is over, if you couldn't attend, you can also buy a one-year membership like masterclass.com um, to the archives of all the sessions. The cool thing is with all that is you can participate starting at $50 all the way up to $550. Wow. So there's levels, uh, there's six different levels. Like I said, we wanted it to be affordable for those that just wanted to maybe take a lesson with, you know, Tom Rarick. You know, if you really want an intensive package, there's the $550 package for the whole four weeks, which gets you lessons with the seminar faculty, um, a lesson with a guest composer of your choice. And if you write a piece of music that gets finished as a result of the seminar, um, it'll be read and recorded by Fervin, the percussion That's ensemble, awesome. or, or Matrix, the indoor line, if you write a rear metal thing. Wow. So um, we wanted it to be just, you know, something for the times that cater to as many people as, 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 as we can, you know, that want to be creative in percussion. That's, and where do, uh, where do people find information about this? Yeah, they can find us at composingforpercussion.com. Oh, <laughs> and awesome. also, on, also on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. 
uh, yeah, I don't believe in like super creative names. <laughs> I oh. just like calling things what they are. Yeah. So it's the Composing for Percussion seminar, composingforpercussion.com. As we head into this next semester, what do you think our role should be as teachers? Like, what are we, what are we now? Like, you know, what, what is our, what is our job to these students and, and to ourselves? Yeah, I think that's been one of the great things that if, if there's anything positive that's come out of this time for me, it's, it's asking myself that having the freedom to ask myself that very question, mm. you know, that's and hard. not just doing what, and, and not just doing what I feel like I have to do because it's the way I did it in school or that's the way that for the Furman academic year is set up, or that's the way the department's set up. Mm. Um, you know, I think looking at the upcoming year or years or semester or semesters, you know, I, I'm really trying to approach it as, let's just call this a blank slate. If we could build a, percu- a percussion curriculum or a music curriculum from the ground up, I don't think we have any better of a chance than right now oh, to yeah. do it. And, um, you know, or to, at the very least to try some things that we can then build upon and create a 21st century uh, curriculum. And so for me, you know, that this, this whole next, however long, you know, we'll be dealing uh, with the coronavirus is going to be about that. It's going to be about finding ways to significantly upgrade, update the percussion curriculum in ways that benefits the 21st century student and hopefully the 22nd century <laughs> student, you know, um, so that, you know, we're not just teaching them, um, the standards of the repertoire and the lit, which we should, we absolutely should. Uh, but then how do we use this time, you know, to create some space? Because everyone has, to, you know, the, our, our curriculum is, the, the, the music core curriculum is staying essentially the same. They take music theory and music history. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about hours in the day now where we can actually in, insert, you know, some uh, really creative contemporary ideas. And so, you know, the planning phases for the next few weeks um, and the implementation phases over the fall and the spring is going to be all about that. Um, focusing on recording, focusing on technology, focusing on um, maybe more world percussion styles that we don't get to, you know, um, we, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm admitting fault here um, as a person who, you know, paid my way through undergrad as a world percussionist at Disney, <laughs> Disney world, <laughs> you know, I, I, my, my curriculum is sorely lacking in the world music. I like that keeps me up at night sometimes is how little world music we have. You know, this is a great time to implement some of that and to, to make students aware of that. So it's really been in a period of examination um, in the past and then hopefully big change and, and risk taking um, over the short term future because we can, why not? And then take what works and put it in the curriculum and take, you know, take out what doesn't. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think all of that is just good advice for everyone to hear. And it's nice to hear all your stories and um, to hear, you know, that you're actually out there doing it. You're like, Hey, I had this idea and I just did it and look, it worked or I did it. Yeah. And you know, know? (laughs) some of it will not work. I can tell you that. I don't know what won't work, but something won't. Yeah. Um, But Oh, well, we move on, you know, students are resilient that way, you know, and and even things that don't work, students still learn something from it. True. So it's, it's, it's all about that adapting. Mm-hmm. And moving forward and, and getting rid of what doesn't work. I like don't, don't, not trying to put a square peg in a round hole because really, because it's no more, it's just not enjoyable. Like I love teaching. Why make teaching miserable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. and yeah. just because of the times, like let, let's find a way to have fun still on the, with what we have.
Percussion Pedagogy Podcast is engineered and edited by me, Tommy Dobbs. The music you hear was created by my good friend, Ryan Robinson. Our logo and all graphic design work was created by Janelle Ann. And finally, this podcast is a product of Hindex Productions. That means every episode has to be approved by these two lovely Yorkies right here. So, what do you think, fellas? <laughs>